Tonight on Huckabee, Brad Dinkus saving religious freedom from the cancel culture. Dr. Kevin Lehman shares the secrets to a lifelong romance. And Ruben Studdard sings a Luther Van Ross classic. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Wilbur. Thank you so very much. Welcome to our show. And I got to tell you, I hope you are enjoying a great Thanksgiving weekend with your family. And by now, you're probably trying to find yet another recipe for leftover turkey. I mean, you've already made turkey salad, turkey sandwiches, and my favorite, turkey gumbo. But I also hope that you've taken a little time to think about what you are actually thankful for. You know, I'm grateful for some things you probably wouldn't think I would be. I'm thankful I grew up poor instead of rich because it made me appreciate hard work, the joy of achievement, and the fulfillment of ending up way better than I started, and for that matter, better than I ever dreamed. I'm grateful when I'm on a plane and I hear babies cry. Okay, I know it bothers some people, but babies can't help it. Sometimes their little ears hurt. But for me, I'm reminded that God must still believe the human race deserves another chance because he's bringing more of us onto the planet. Their cries remind me that if no one else needs us, babies do, and that is a beautiful thing. I'm grateful for my pastor in church. I've got a pastor who's unashamed of the Bible, and when the message of the Bible conflicts with modern culture, he still sides with the Bible. Now, he didn't beat us over the head with it, he uses it as a light, not a billy club. And by the way, I need all the light I can get, that's for sure. I'm also grateful for simple foods and simple things. I grew up on simple things. Frankly, I still prefer meatloaf to lobster, and I'd rather have grits than goose pate. <laughs> and I'd rather listen to George Jones than Pavarotti. Just me. And I'm much more comfortable in the stands than in some skybox. I prefer wearing jeans and an untucked shirt than a tux, but I'll wear one if I have to. And I deer hunt for the meat, not to put trophy antlers on the wall. And by the way, I like to turkey hunt just to prove that occasionally I'm smarter than he is and I can lure him right to me. I'm also grateful for iced tea. That's my preference for an adult beverage. I really don't like the smell of alcohol, so I doubt I'd like the taste of it. It's why, I've, honestly, I've never even tasted beer. And I got nothing against my friends who like it. I'm just glad that I didn't like it because I might have ended up abusing it, and that would have ruined my life. I'm grateful for my children, mostly because they gave me grandkids. <laughs> my kids gave me lots of headaches. My grandkids give me mostly laughs. My four-year-old grandson has some Batman pajamas, and a few weeks ago, he told me that he wanted me to get some Batman pajamas so we could have a sleepover. <laughs> and over Thanksgiving, we had our sleepover, and yes, I actually ordered some adult-sized Batman pajamas and wore them. Yeah. I mean, who knew they even made those in my size? Hey, but don't worry. You are never, I mean, never going to see the photos of me wearing them, complete with the cowl. Because unlike Keith and Trey, I got some dignity left. I got no plans on being seen wearing them except by a four-year-old who thinks that a 64-year-old man wearing a Batman suit is perfectly normal. <laughs> and yes, I'm grateful for that. Most of all, I'm grateful that the God who made me and knows me inside and out still loves me and even promised never to leave me or forsake me. And I don't know why or have to figure all that out. I just have to be grateful for it. And I am.
My first guest tonight is in the trenches. He's fighting back against the constant assault by the secular left on the rights of religious believers and parents. He's an attorney. He's a tireless champion of religious liberty, and he's founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Please welcome my friend Brad Dacus. Brad, welcome back. We are so happy to have you back with us again. You had a pretty big case this week out on the West Coast, and I want you to tell us what happened out there that we all ought to be happy about. Oh, yes. It's, uh, I tell you, Mike, it was a, it was a major case, major case, uh, dealing with a Christian boarding school. Now, this Christian boarding school uh, has been there for over 20 years, uh, helping boys and girls uh, you know, get their schooling and, and their lives in, in, in line, and, and yet they were attacked First, the state of California came in and had a raid because of, a, get this, because of an article, a 10-year-old story that, that appeared in BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I call it buzzard feed, Yes, by the buzzard way. feed. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's all they had. They got a, a judge to give a warrant for a total raid. So, you had 16 troops coming in with two canine units, uh, more than a dozen social workers, raided the place looking for guns, ammunition, whatever, didn't find anything. And instead of apologizing, the state of California, the Department of Social Services said, oh no, we're gonna double down. We're gonna file a lawsuit and we're gonna shut you down. So they filed a motion for preliminary injunction to shut them down because they said, you're technically really a community care facility, not really a school, a boarding school. And they know that if they became a Christian, excuse me, a community uh, care facility, then they would have to meet the state standard which has to allow them uh, forces them to allow the students to engage in full sexual exploration with relationships. And how old are these kids? Oh, all the way down to kindergarten. So unbelievable. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And yet that's the mindset. That's the mindset. That's how they run their schools, the state of California. They want to shut down, not just this boarding school. They want to shut down, the state of California wants to shut down every single Christian boarding school that does not adopt to their social worldview and values um, which goes totally against a Christian biblical worldview perspective. So it's not about tolerance, it's about intolerance of views that do not subscribe to a more modernistic approach. Right. Is that the long-term agenda, that it's not about tolerance, coexistence, that you believe what you want to believe, I believe what I'm going to believe, we get along, we live in the same community, which has always, right. to me, been fair. I don't care if other people want to live their lives differently than me. Right. They should have every right to do that. Right, right. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about shutting down a view that does not adhere right. to one point of view. Well, let me give you an actual case that we had this, this year. It was in Wisconsin, okay? Not California, Wisconsin, Dupere, Wisconsin. They passed an ordinance telling churches that they must comply with public accommodation, meaning that if they, uh, that, that they, if they hire someone, they can't uh, have uh, beliefs or values, say a minister, they can't say, well, minister, you have to comply with our value and definition of marriage. If you go and marry someone of the same, same gender, then you can't work here. Well, they say, if you do that, we're gonna shut your church down. Shut it down. Shut it down. And it also applied to a Christian radio station that we defended as well. We went into court, we filed an a motion for an, for an injunction, and we prevailed. And the judge said, not only does this violate the state constitution, this violates the US Constitution's First Amendment as well, the Religious Freedom Clause. So. It was a wonderful success, but do you know what happened? When, when, after this passed, other towns in Wisconsin had already passed this. This was already spreading. And this was in Wisconsin, okay? Not Seattle or New York City. So people need to realize how real this is. And that's why we, we at Pacific Justice Institute are committed to taking on every single one of these cases. We're very unique. We don't just take on this, a certain case here or there. We work hard to make sure everyone gets help because it, it also takes as one of these fires to, to, to continue, and then it'll spread. Another case, San Rafael, talk about taxes. Yeah. <laughs> they issued, this is near San Francisco, that's part of the explanation. Um, San Rafael decided to issue a, a property tax against all churches and synagogues. And it's, it's it, but they called it a per square foot building usage fee. Um, <laughs> so we went into court and we said, Your Honor, that's a property tax. And the judge realized that there's no limit on what they could tax if they get yeah. away with this. This little Baptist church, Valley Baptist Church, had to come up 
with $13,000 or the, the city was going to shut their doors permanently. Mm. We went into court and thank the Lord for this one. The judge said this is unconstitutional, a violation of the state constitution, and it was halted. But if we hadn't halted it, make no mistake, other cities across the country uh, that, whose city councilmen don't go to church regularly um, would likely quickly do the same thing to start gaining revenue and punishing churches uh, who have a different worldview. How can we help Pacific Justice Institute do the job that it does? Because you take on these cases pro bono, you help these people when they otherwise could never afford the legal assistance. How do we help you? Well, thank you for asking that. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization. We do all our work without charge, all of it. Uh, we have Which a, is amazing. So yes, so uh, we have a huge network of hundreds of volunteer affiliate attorneys. That helps a considerable degree. So we appreciate attorneys who want to become a part of that team. We have nine offices now in California. Hmm. Um, but uh, we're also looking uh, for expanding offices in other cities across the country. So if people say, hey, I've, I'd like to have them come to my town, I think we can make it happen. They should contact us. And also, we're supported by moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, George Soros, for some reason, doesn't want to give to us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't um, think you want to take his money. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> but uh, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, about 140 plus churches and, uh, and others, you know, they, they support our work and as a nonprofit ministry. And of course, we just, we're very, very grateful to anyone who feels led to do so. Uh, they can go to our webpage, uh, pacificjustice.org uh, and support our work. We have a matching grant program right now, gift program taking place. We also have a, a, they can also sign up to get our Legal Insider newsletter, Mike, and it updates them what's going on on a weekly basis and something to pray for. Oftentimes, yeah. uh, we need prayer support. This case that we just won on, I don't think we would have won had it not been for the prayer support because it was not looking good. So we greatly appreciate both financial as well as prayer, prayer support at Pacific Justice Institute. Thank you for what you're doing, Brad. Let me just tell our audience, if you want to learn more about Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute's fight, to preserve the embattled rights of parents as well as people of faith all over the country. Go to pacificjustice.org. You can also listen to Brad's radio show, The Dacus Report. Follow him on Twitter at Pacific Justice. Keith Bilbrey fights to keep this show going on every week, so I'm gonna hand it over to him. I'll do my best. Coming up, Dr. Kevin Levitt shares the secrets for a lifelong romance. Then, Huck's hero, Sam Cooner. And later, R&B singer Ruben Studdard sings a Luther Vandross classic. Right here on Huckabee. Next week, Candace Owens leads the Flexit movement, and Christine Kane works to end human trafficking worldwide. Pointed, powerful, personal. That kind of sums up the brilliant works of my next guest. He's a psychologist and New York Times best-selling author whose books on marriage and family are easy to understand and apply. He recently released this book. It's called The Intimate Connection. Secrets to a Lifelong Romance. Would you please welcome a wonderful friend and a great, great guy of insights, Dr. Kevin Lehman. Great to have you here, Dr. Lehman. Great to be here, Governor Mike. You've written so many fantastic books, but this one is specifically about couples trying to, to go the distance. Why oh, yeah. is that so hard for couples, especially in this culture today? Well, because we're so self-centered, number one. I mean, I've been married 52 years in a row. <laughs> I'm like a train, I'm a train seal. I see a fish and I, uh, uh, try, you know, men and women are different. Really? Okay. Profound state. I have never noticed that right. in my 45 years of marriage. And uh, I can still see my bride, tall, five foot, nine inch, pretty lady, and then some walking down the aisle with those little bouquet of flowers. And I didn't realize that after we were married that there was a rule book underneath there. <laughs> And uh, she's the firstborn, so she's got a lot of rules, okay? And I'm the baby, and I've avoided rules most of my life. <laughs> and whoever said differences attract are right. So men are weird. Uh, women are strange. Uh, you can do it the other way. Women are weird and men are strange. But we're just different. And we have different needs. A need for a man, needed, wanted, fulfillment. Women? Affection, <laughs> affection, 
communication. What are us men intuitively not real great at? Communication. Hmm. So men need to listen to their women in their lives, okay, without judgment. And that's hard for a lot of us as men. So, What do you mean by without judgment? Listening, well, just what? The critical eye. Uh-huh. You know, uh, men like the USA Today version, okay? <laughs> Brief, quick, yeah. condensed. Women are just so different. They're so relational. They hug anything that moves. <laughs> they go potty in groups of 8, 10, and 12. <laughs> it's a social event. Anybody want to go potty? I'm going. Come on. Yeah, if men ever did that at the restaurant table, you'd never, ever go eat with them again. Would, ever. You, would you ever say that to me? Hey, Lehman, I'm going to go to John. Want to come with me? No. And the only thing would be worse that if you did. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, again, I go back to God had a great sense of humor, and I think... He made it that way so we would really have to work hard at understanding this woman. I mean, mm. here's an old commercial. You're in good hands with Allstate. Allstate. Yeah. That's been around since I was a little kid, and I'm near death. <laughs> but, but that's how women want to feel. So men have to listen. And sometimes they start at A and run all the way to Z. And most men would sort of like A-L-Z. <laughs> Just tell me what happened, you know? So... Getting behind each other's eyes and seeing how they see life. I mean, I talk about my firstborn beautiful wife, but can I mention the word foreplay on Huckabee? You just did. Oh, I did, didn't yeah, I? You just did. Well, in my home, yeah. foreplay is uh, clean the kitchen, <laughs> pick up after yourself, make sure you wipe off the counters fully, and check this out. Put the toaster away. You just ruined the whole idea of that word for every man watching the show right now. You do know that. You're right. But my point is, is whatever your wife, what's ever going on behind her eyes, that's our job. If you want to be a good leader, you yeah. got to know who you're leading. And by the way, you're a married man. If, this is just a tip. Yeah. Okay. I know we're on the air, but just yeah. a personal tip. All right. You're driving with your wife, Janet. Uh-huh. And she turns to you and says, uh, do you want to stop for ice cream? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Governor. <laughs> She is not asking a question. <laughs> you think? Really? Yeah. Man, no wonder you've been married 52 years, uh, Kevin. Yeah, in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but is it ever too late for couples to begin working on connecting? But it gets back to servicing each other. You have to realize that fighting's an act of cooperation. If you're fighting with your spouse, you know exactly what to say to escalate the battle. I call it spitting in each other's soup. Oh, no, honey, you go ahead and play golf, and I'll just stay home here uh, with your mother. <laughs> I mean... Everybody's laughing because we've all known those kind of moments. We have. But, so you have to put down the weapons and understand that God has ordained this thing. It ought to work. Yeah. It ought to work. It's supposed to work, isn't it? It's supposed to work. So is there a kind of a one big moment are one big lesson for men and one big lesson for women in all of this? Yeah, I'd say, ladies, don't put a skirt on your husband. <laughs> he is not your girlfriend. Hmm. <laughs> you, you use three and a half times the number of words, ladies, that he does. He specializes in arm's-length relationship. But trust me, there's not a man here that wants an arm's-length relationship with his bride. He wants intimacy. He wants closeness. He wants to know that he's really wanted by that woman. That'll drive a man. I mean, we're weird. I mean, men are able to watch two ball games simultaneously, eating a pizza, in their boxer shorts, uh, belching. Yes, <laughs> ladies, this is your gift from God. So realize, yeah. realize the differences that exist between men and women. And I think praying together, you wanna know what's going on in your bride's mm. mind? Pray audibly, listen. Hmm. Very few couples do that. We, the intimate connection is the title of the book, but most couples don't have the intimate connection. Hmm. They live a married, singles lifestyle. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, I'd love to tell you the state of marriage is great, but it's not. You get married today, statistically, seven years later, you're done. Stick a fork in you. That's why your book is so important and your message, The Intimate Connection, so very important. You can find this book, The Intimate Connection, as well as all of Dr. Kevin Lehman's other books online at drlehman.com. 
It's also available at birtorderguide.com. You can check out his free podcast as well. Follow him on Facebook at Dr. Kevin Lehman, also on Twitter at Dr. Lehman. Now, Keith Bilbrey knows this show inside and out, and he is the one who's going to tell you what's coming up next. Go ahead, Keith. Next, new stories to make you laugh on In Case You Missed It and country comedian Lulu Roman. Later, reality TV star Missy Robertson and the R&B soulful voice of Ruben Stutter on Huckabee. Welcome back to the show. Big hand for Trey Corley and the Music City Connection tonight. Best band in the land, as far as I'm concerned. Well, we've got the news that might make you want to impeach me on a segment we call In Case You Missed It. All right, we get underway tonight with a story about a running club in Virginia. Gathered people to run in T-Rex costumes for an annual event and, hopefully, a Guinness World Record attempt. The Richmond Roadrunners Club said the second annual Richmond T-Rex run had a total of 175 people frolicking through Dory Park. Our dynamite friends came a little short of their goal of 244 T-Rex runners to set the new Guinness record. I'm just glad to see that they were good sports and not a bunch of sour losers. Steiner sour loser. Never, never mind. Okay. By the way, do you think a car accidentally ran into this group of costumes runners? It would have been a Tyrannosaurus wreck. <laughs> truthfully, nothing will ever try Sarah top this story tonight. That is for sure. Uh, moving on for obvious reasons. Shoppers at a CVS drugstore in New York were surprised when a pair of raccoons fell right through the ceiling and went for a little stroll through the store. An employee at the CVS in Warwick said that he was in the candy aisle when he heard a loud noise that sounded like a piece of the ceiling had fallen. Uh, Governor. Yeah, Keith? I, I hate to interrupt you, but did I ever tell you about my cowboy friend who lost his Bible? No. Now, Fell out of his saddlebag while he was mending fences out on the range one day. Uh -huh. Now, weeks go by, and then one day, a raccoon ambles up to him with his Bible in his mouth. You ready for that? Cowboy took what? it and shouted, it's a miracle! Raccoon says, not really, your name's written on the inside cover. <laughs> hey, Keith, I have a good mind to treat you like a tardy cannibal and give you the cold shoulder. No. And by the way, uh, do you know what the red grape said when the raccoon stepped on it? I'm afraid to ask, but go it ahead. It said nothing. It just let out a little whine. Oh! All right, moving on. Olympic gold medal wrestler and Iowa icon Dan Gable has achieved the ultimate Iowa honor, a likeness of himself carved out of a 3,000-pound wheel of cheese. It was created by renowned cheese artist. Whoever knew there was such a thing? A cheese artist... Sarah, the cheese lady Kaufman. Gable said he never thought he'd have a cheese that looked like him, although sometimes his opponents looked like cheese. In fact, when he got done with them, nothing was left but debris. <laughs> In a related story, President Trump has asked that all citizens should begin shredding their own cheese. Why, you ask? Because he wants to make America great again. <laughs> Okay, a website is offering what they call the perfect holiday job. No, it's not being Paula Deen's gravy taster. That'd be a pretty good job. No, they're offering to pay someone a thousand bucks if they'll watch 24 Hallmark Channel Christmas movies in 12 days. That is 48 hours worth of peppermint-scented holiday-themed romances and family dramas and tell all their friends about what they saw on social media. Now, this could be the only time that you could legitimately argue that a man should be paid more than a woman for the same job. <laughs> uh, you realize I could go into a whole run of Christmas puns now, 
but I won't, even though they slay me, I'll tell you, they do. <laughs> By the way, if you're interested in being a Hallmark holiday couch potato, you can visit centurylinkquote.com. I think I'll hold out until they throw in a pair of extra-large Superman pajamas. <laughs> and maybe my own personal cheese sculpture. Okay, just like a clerk who opens the door for a Black Friday sale, we got to get out of the way. But always remember, we read the news. Well, recently I had the chance to sit down at an amazing little diner in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. I sat there with an even more amazing friend. She is a Dove award-winning Christian artist and a cast member of the beloved show Hee Haw. Here is my Diner Dive with Lulu Roman. Lulu Roman, here we are at Granny's Kitchen. It is a pleasure to get to be with you at one of your favorite places to eat. But while we're waiting on the food, you've had a pretty amazing career. Let's go back to the early days of Lulu Roman's life. Yeah, I had a grandmother and a great-grandmother. Uh, the great-grandmother, she was the one that I always wanted to be like because she was sweet. She would dress me up and put a little dress on me, and I'd go outside and just get dirty as I could get, okay, and come back, and she would just squeal, ah! You know, because her little thing was cleanliness is next to godliness. That's the only thing, Mike, that I remember as a child doing other than, you know, after they placed me in the orphan's home. Now, you kind of went on a, a streak there. I mean, in, in terms of, you were a hippie. Yeah, I was. I, I can't <laughs> even see Lulu Roman in the, the 60s and hippiedom, uh -huh. but that's, yeah, that's that who was, you that's were. Exactly that's exactly who I was. I came out of the orphan's home. This was a religious orphanage. And so when I came out, I thought I've had enough. I don't want nobody shaking their finger in my face saying, thou shalt not. Because uh -huh. I thought, oh, yes, thou wilt. <laughs> so everything that I had been taught, I threw away. I did. And I learned very quickly in high school, even, that I could smoke marijuana or I could pop a few pills and I would get to the place that I didn't hurt, that my heart didn't hurt. And uh, I, I know of at least three times I actively tried to commit suicide and was not, you know, God. I'm glad you weren't good at that. Me too. You're much better at comedy and music yes. and all these other things. You've done great at that. Suicide, you weren't so hot at. It didn't work so well, no. <laughs> but, you know, and, and truthfully, what was that moment where the Lulu Roman of the past became the Lulu Roman that we love and know today? It had to be the moment that I asked Jesus into my life. It had to be. It felt like somebody had lifted a 2,000-pound rock off of my back and just thrown it somewhere. I want to tell you, this is the, uh, the incredible book. This is my story. This is my song. But it's your story, and it's a great story of the life of someone who really has gone from uh, maybe some of the worst places in life to being one of the most vivacious, lovely, still entertaining and beautiful people I've ever met. Thank you. I'm so glad to be able to have a little Me dinner too. with you. Me too. Oh, here it comes. Look out now. There you go. Vanessa, oh my goodness. Honey, this is good stuff. Thank mm -hmm. you. Tell me the history of Granny's Kitchen. The name Granny, we got that my mother is 92 years old. And every Sunday, the yard would be full because all the children were there, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, and everybody ate. Like this? Yes, we had. Mm. No wonder the yard was full. Meal, right. The meal, the tea, we had it all, and everybody would eat there on Sunday. I think my daughter, my granddaughter, mentioned about, we need to open a restaurant here in Mount Juliet because we don't have one, and... Let's call it Granny's Kitchen. Lulu did not steer us wrong today bringing us here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we have been at Granny's Kitchen in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. I hope you'll come, and chances are when you're here, you'll run into Lulu Roman. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we had such a great time. The food was phenomenal. And I plan to go back, but I will not be taking Keith or Trey because I feel like that they might eat right off my plate, and I don't want them to do that. Hey, if you love Lulu Roman, and how could you not, or if you just love a great book, you ought to read the incredible story about her life called This Is My Story, This Is My Song. Available at Amazon or at luluromanbook.com. Hey, Keith, not to be demanding or anything, but this is my story. This is my show. So I'm going to ask you to tell us what we have coming up next. Your wish is my command. Up next, hits hero, Sam Cooner, and Duck Dynasty's Missy Robertson. Then, celebrate the legacy of Luther Vandross with Ruben Studdard on Huckabee. Right now, millions of people are hurting, and they're in need all over the world. As we prepare to celebrate Jesus, the greatest gift mankind has ever received, let me encourage you to go to your phone, maybe SamaritansPurse.org, their website, slash TBN. That's SamaritansPurse.org, slash TBN. Give a gift out of the blessings that you have received in your life. I promise your Christmas will be a lot brighter this year for sharing just very needed practical and medical items, along with the love of Christ to someone who truly is in need. Contact Samaritan's Purse today. And God bless you for caring. Well, imagine for a minute how different your own life would be right now if you didn't have the privilege of having two arms or two feet. Well, tonight's Huck's hero has made it his mission to show limb-different youth that life doesn't have to be different. Here's one of many examples showing the impact his organization has. That is a beautiful video. Please welcome the CEO of Nub Ability Athletics, Sam Coonard. Sam, welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you so much. You, you didn't have left hand. Yes, sir. So when you were a little kid, were the kids mean? Did they tease you? I actually experienced about 14 years of bullying from the time I was four till I was 18. But uh, thanks to my beautiful mother who's out in this audience, uh, she was uh, very instilling in the word of God to me. And I found uh, Philippians 4.13, mm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and just made that my life motto. And so despite being cut from sixth, seventh, eighth grade baseball, went on to play high school baseball and even into college. So Sam, how did it come to you to start an organization that would actually help these kids? Well, you know, it was that attitude of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yeah. me uh, that allowed me to play sports up into high school, which led to uh, news articles, which got an uh, organization to reach out and said, hey, we do a camp for kids with limb differences, teach them life skills, and we want to incorporate sports. And I was like, absolutely. But I got there and I saw parents holding their kids back out of fear of failure. They were subjecting the kids to one sport. And for me, that just didn't sit right. And so I got to talking to one of the moms. I'm like, why are they being subjected to this sport? And they're like, we're just afraid that they're going to fail. And I'm like, well, failure is a part of life. You've got to fail in order to grow. You know, you have to, you have to lose in order to learn how to win. And uh, after a night of wrestling with God, him telling me, you know, you need to change this, you need to change this. And me being like, dude, I get C's in school. I'm just here to play sports. Um, but it just kept hitting me. And so that next day, I was like, Mom, I want to start a camp for kids with limb differences and amputees. I want to have them to have coached by uh, athletes who have played at the highest level of the mainstream sport who are limb different. So it gives these kids a mentor who looks like them to push them and allow them to have no excuses. At our camp, can't is not allowed. If you hit, say can't the first time, you got five push-ups. You say can't the second time, you got 50 push-ups. Oh. Third time, we've never gotten there. <laughs> I can believe that. I mean, I, I can kind of see where that would come from. But what a powerful affirmation yes, that 
maybe not having a foot or a hand or a, a, a limb does not mean you don't have everything else that it takes to be a wonderful, very effective human being. When you have an opportunity through your organization, Nubability, you get these kids, you talk to them, you coach them, you mentor them. Sure. Tell me what happens. You know, the greatest thing is some of the kids come in, they're hiding their differences. They're, you know, they're afraid to show who they are. And when they go through our camps and go through our amazing coaches and all the volunteers and everybody who puts it on, who just welcomes them with open arms, they leave showing their differences, shining them in the air, loving who they are and owning it. And that's what it's all about. Oh, my soul. Do you have any idea? Yeah, you do have an idea. I started saying, do you have any idea how powerful that is? But of course you do because you work with these kids. It, it, is, it is incredible. You know, uh, God truly blessed me. Back in uh, 2011, I was actually told that I was gonna die in a few weeks to a few months. And because of the power of prayer, despite two weeks in the hospital, um, had a lot of people come together and pray for me and I'm here. You sure are, and I'm glad you are, and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. If you are someone you love to benefit from this incredible organization, or if you'd like to become part of their mission, maybe by contributing or seeing how you can help them, visit nubability.org. It is on your screen. Take a look at it, write it down, and get in touch with them. Follow them on social media. Uh, Sam, thank you, and God bless you. Yes, all right, Keith Bilbrey is going to give us all a reason to stick around through the break, so go ahead, Keith. Coming up, Duck Dynasty's Missy Robertson and American Idol winner Ruben Studdard performs on Huckabee. My next guest is widely known for being part of America's favorite family from Duck Dynasty. But she's also known for her missionary work, including a new jewelry line that's literally saving women from homelessness, sex trafficking, and addiction. Please welcome Missy Robertson. Missy, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's hard to even understand how big an issue it is that women are homeless, they're used as pieces of property, treated as slaves in sex trafficking, and obviously that often leads to drug addiction. How big a problem is it? It's bigger than I originally ever thought about. You know, my view of sex trafficking was the Taken film with Liam Neeson. Yeah, you know, like yeah. they're just shuttled away to a foreign land and someone has to go rescue them. This is happening in our little towns all across America by people that you would never dream from their own parents, from their friends, and from actually from themselves just because they've got to survive and get that next high. You created a line of jewelry. I've got a, a piece of it here. Yes. And it's called laminin, which I don't know what that means. Okay, I'm So what tell does you. that mean, laminin? I cannot wait to tell you. So laminin is a protein molecule that is inside of our bodies. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of them all inside. They hold all of our cells, all of our ligaments, everything together. If you take one of these laminin molecules and you blow it up thousands of times under a microscope, it's in the shape of the cross. And Really? Yes. So, you know, it, as, as a believer, I don't believe in coincidences. No. And so our mantra verse for Laminin by Missy Robertson is Colossians 1.17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That is powerful. So the name comes from that protein inside of us, but yes. in the shape of the cross. Now, like this piece right here. Yes. A bracelet. Mm -hmm. By the way, I understand that every member of our studio audience is getting their own a piece of jewelry yes. from Lamont. All the more reason that people should come to our theater That's and come right. to the show. They never know when they're going right. to come away with something. That's right. But let's, let's talk about not just the bracelet. I want to talk about what the cell of this bracelet is doing to help women. Absolutely. It's one thing to say there's a terrible problem. Mm -hmm. here's, a, here's a beautiful bracelet, and it is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But how does that help some well, when people ask me that, they assume this is a charity, that these women are going to get paid no matter what happens, and that's just not true. It's a business. So with the rise and fall of this business is what happens to the women. And so they, they are the ones who market it, 
They run my company. I have an, an ex-drug addict who designed that. Hmm. They do it all. And so the, when people say, how can we help you, Missy? How can we donate? You can't donate, but I'll tell you how to help. It's three words. Buy the jewelry. <laughs> the more jewelry Simple we enough. sell, the more women we can help. Yes. And then the profits of it, because it is a business, the go profits right. of it go back to help them, yes. employ them, yes. give them something to do other than be used as sex slaves right. for some right. hideous human being. And I've also learned that it doesn't happen by circumstance. All of this sex and the, the un unwanted sex, the unwanted drugs, no little girl says, when I grow up, I want to be a prostitute and be hooked on drugs. Mm. No one says that. Yeah. But they're learning their identity, they're learning their self-worth through their parents and through the people around them, and it's being taken away because their own parents haven't learned their self-worth. And so it's a, it's a non-ending cycle over and over and over again. So what Laminin does is we show them each day, you're worth something, you have a skill, you have the brains to put that skill to work. When I first hired these women, I hired someone to run my company that did not have this background because I was busy filming. That didn't quite work out. <laughs> so now these women are doing everything because they've learned a self-worth and a confidence that they can do this. And of course, we read scripture, we pray every day. And actually, funny story, I loaded them up to, into my Suburban, uh -huh. took them down to Phil and Kay's house just a few weeks ago and said, sometimes Miss Missy, can't give you what you need. They're wanting to please me as a celebrity. You know, they, they understand that whole Duck Dynasty world. And sometimes, I feel like sometimes I just maybe can't connect quite with them and their background. But my father-in-law can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, he, Phil is so he, gentle. That's well, the thing we've seen about I'll him. I'll say, he is a self-proclaimed <laughs> heathen, for sure. And, uh, and he, there's no bones about it. But actually, I will say, you know, I took him down there. He, he made us all hamburgers. Miss Kay was pouring sweet tea and just made the girls feel at home, of course. But he was very gentle and he was very uh, patient, hmm. but he was very poignant. And after he shared with them the message of Jesus and how Jesus can save them through his blood over and over and over again, and no sin is too dark or deep. For Jesus to come to They really from. needed to hear that because they, they had been that. through yes. some And they know places. Phil's story. Yeah. So they could relate to him. And um, Jace, we met Jace at the church building that day and we baptized three of them into Christ. That's a beautiful so, thing. So, yes, so wow. it's, it's, doing, it's doing great things. Well, it's an incredible thing. You're giving people hope. And you're also giving uh, people who purchase the jewelry a nice product. And yes. they're doing something worthwhile that... Yes. Uh, that yes is helping women. Well, this is exclusive for your audience, too. So we've named it the governor. Is that right? That's what yeah. this one is called. <laughs> now, yeah. that is cool. I love that. Yeah. All right, everybody in the audience better wear this every day. <laughs> Even the men, I expect them to do that. Absolutely. Well, Missy, thank you very thank much. You. Let me tell our audience, the book is called Blessed, Blessed, Blessed. It's at Amazon. Uh, you can find it as well as other information at missyrobertson.com. But most importantly, check out the beautiful laminin jewelry that's changing women's lives. You can get that at lamininedesigns.com. It's on your screen because you want to make sure you spell laminin correctly. lamininedesigns.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Laminin Designs. And on Twitter, at lamininedesigns1. We are blessed, blessed, blessed to have our announcer, Keith Bilbrey. So we're going to ask him to tell us what's coming up after the break. R&B singer Ruben Studdard takes the stage next on Huckabee. So glad to have you back. Look, my next guest rose to fame by winning season two of American Idol. His rich, soulful R&B voice has produced chart-topping hits like Superstar, Flying Without Wings, and Change Me. Now, warning, you may not recognize him because he recently lost over 100 pounds. And on tonight's show, he makes his first national TV appearance as the lean and mean R&B singing machine Reuben Stuttered. Reuben, welcome. My Hello, how are you? I'm great. It is wonderful to have you here. A genuine honor. Excellent to be here. Glad to be here. Losing 100 pounds. I mean, that's like losing Trey. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's definitely a task. It definitely was a task. How long I'm, a period of time did that take? Uh, about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it was definitely worth it. You know, um, uh, certain health issues run in a lot of people's families, so yeah. I wanted to make sure that, that wasn't an issue for me, and I wanted to be around to sing music for as long as I possibly can, so had well, to trim down a bit. Ruben, we want you to be around for Thank a long, you, long time. Thank you, you have You've energized so many people. You've given... Uh, a lot of folks, an extraordinary opportunity to hear the great kind of music that you've put out. Mm -hmm. One of your favorites, one of your own heroes, mm -hmm. Luther Vandross. Yes. Tell me why you love the music of Luther so much. Well, my mother was a really, or is a really big Luther Vandross fan, and I grew up with this music around the house, and um, even when I didn't want to hear it, my mom was playing it, because you know, yeah. I mean, that's my mom's favorite artist, so when I was a child, I was always <laughs> listening to what was popular. Yeah. So, you know, New Edition, New Kids on the Block, whatever was on, I was listening to it, but as I grew older, I understood why my mother was such a huge fan of his, is because his voice was so exceptional. And for me to get the opportunity to go around the country singing his songs and, and, and bringing people into the spirit of Luther Vandross, because people like really, feel connected to him and his music in a way that I haven't seen with any other singer other than maybe like Frank Sinatra or somebody yeah. like that. So for me, it's just a, a great opportunity for me to go around and sing these songs and, 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 and people have a wonderful time when they're at the, at the concert. Well, the new project that you've just released is called Ruben Sings Ruben Luther, Sings Luther, a yes. tribute album. Mm -hmm. You know, people love you, but they love Luther. Absolutely. And if they get you singing Luther's stuff, I mean, that is kind of the best of both worlds. Well, I, I've had such a great response because I was kind of skeptical at first about doing it because, because people have such an affinity for Luther. They love his music. And I, you know, had to make sure that if I was going to do it, I had to do it absolutely right. And my mom was standing over me at every point, <laughs> like, you better make sure this is good. So I Oh, dinner for you if absolutely. you don't do it right. Well, you know I buy my own dinner now, so I don't have to worry about that. But I, <laughs> I had to make sure that it was right for her in particular because I knew how much she cared about his music. So I wanted to, if she liked it, I knew everybody else would love it. What's been the biggest thrill you have had since winning American Idol? Because, I mean, that has launched a lot of careers mm -hmm. and put people on the charts and on the map in a way that nothing else did. I think the biggest thrill for me was absolutely getting the opportunity to see the dreams and the goals that I set for myself as a young person come to life. A lot of times, mm -hmm. uh, everybody doesn't get that opportunity. And so for me, telling people my whole life that this is what I was going to do and actually watching it happen for me was such a blessing. And I'm just so thankful that God gave me an opportunity to live my dream out in the way that I saw it. Hmm. There was no way I was ever trying to leave that place. I wanted to be there as long as I possibly could. And the only thing that stood in my way from winning was my friend Clay, and I beat him. I beat you. <laughs> I beat you. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, America celebrated your winning American Idol back on season two. Uh, I'm so proud to see the career still going well. Thank you. Now, Ruben didn't come here just to talk. You know, we're not going to let him do that. We're going to get him ready to sing. I'm going to have Keith... Tell the folks at home how they can enjoy some of his great music. To get your copy of Ruben Stuttered's latest album, Ruben Sings Luther, go to rubenstutter.com. There you can also find where to see him in concert and much more. That's rubenstutter.com. Now, here's the incredible singing of Ruben Stuttered. I want to tell you, baby, the changes I've been going through, missing you, listen you, till you come back to me, I, I don't know what I'm going
second show You say 